Welcome to How Do You Feel, where we talk about how we feel, how we felt, or what we hope to be feeling. My name is Haley Rhodes, and I'm the host of this podcast, and I invite you to join me as we break the stigma of mental health journeys. If you are someone that struggles with mental health, this podcast is not a substitution for professional advice. This avenue is for sharing stories, and we encourage everyone to seek help from professional resources when needed. Welcome to our first episode. I am so excited to be joining the podcast world in this avenue. How Do You Feel is all about creating a space for people to feel welcome in whatever situation they find themselves. I recognize that now more than ever due to the COVID-19 pandemic, people feel isolated or alone in their battles, especially pertaining to mental health. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, one in five adults struggle with mental illness. Almost 51.5 million people in 2019. This platform is a way for us to share how we feel. Our stories, experiences, joys, or battles. I found myself that listening to other people helps me feel less alone. And most importantly, creates a space where people don't feel ashamed by their stories or their feelings. My goal for each episode is to host individuals to share their battles with us. Hopefully breaking the stigma behind what people think mental illness is supposed to look like. Each podcast, I will share some resources in which people can access for mental health support, weave in some educational facts here and there, and ultimately create a program in a space where I feel supported and other people feel supported in sharing. I have some really amazing people interested in being on this podcast, so I know that our future episodes are going to be really great. I felt it was only right that the first story I share is my own. So this specific episode will feature a lot of me as I'll share my own story in just a little bit. But before I do that, I wanted to explain why I feel so passionate about this subject. I was really inspired by my own struggles with mental health to create a platform that's all about sharing. There were times in my life where I felt really alone and also felt ashamed in a lot of the things that I was struggling with. However, the more that I open up and talk to people, the more I realize that there are so many people around me that were struggling as well. All of us have a unique battle and every individual story is valid, but by sharing with each other, I think we can feel a lot less isolated. I also work with high school youth at a local church, and I feel really inspired when I'm looking at those kids to create an environment where they can feel comfortable sharing with everyone. In fact, I really want that for everybody, but it's very clear that working with youth and just being in a college environment, that there are a lot of people out there who just need a safe space to share. Once again, a reminder that this podcast is not a substitution for professional advice. The contents of this podcast today will be addressing anxiety and anorexia, and if those are things that could potentially trigger you, please stop listening. Here is my story as your host, just giving you a way to connect with me and understand where this platform is being built. 
My mental health struggles largely come with anxiety and an eating disorder that I struggled with for a very long time, anorexia. When I look back at my journey with mental health, I think a lot of it really did start in college. That's when I kind of started to become aware of some of the struggles that I was facing, and mental health kind of became more of a conversation in the public eye. Though when I look back on my life, I think that a large part of my battles probably started in childhood and middle school and high school. My childhood was pretty interesting in that I had divorced parents, and so I spent most of my time with one of my parents, my mom, though she had gone through another additional divorce with um, a partner due to alcoholism and abuse, and that kind of led to some pretty stressful living conditions for me and my siblings. And I wouldn't say that that period of my life was really all that bad. Um, There were a lot of great things that came out of that, wonderful family connections, Though I think that that experience really forced me to mature and grow up to really high levels way before I really should have. That's where I really became independent. And so it was in high school where I really found my niche for being independent and also overachieving. I love to participate in anything and absolutely everything. But looking back, I think that all of those things were kind of a way for me to mask maybe what I was really struggling with. I think at that point in my life, I I participated in theater and I was a dancer and I did all this stuff. But I think that I was probably dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, and was using that as a way to kind of cover up um, times that I didn't feel like eating or, um, you know, just a growing teenager dealing with self-confidence struggles, um, changes in my body as I grew. And so I think that I used that as a way to not rest excuses for eating. And I didn't really think or acknowledge at that point in my life that this was really a problem. In 2017, I graduated high school and in the fall headed towards St. Ambrose University where I started my college journey. And it was here that I realized that it wasn't just some little thing that I was dealing with. Um, I had some pretty big battles with mental health that I just didn't really know how to face. I realized that kind of the stress of school was getting pretty big, figuring out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, kind of new responsibilities, being in college, having a little bit more free time than I normally do. And to be frank, I got my heart broken for the first time my freshman semester. And so all of that had kind of really played on my health. And that was then that I realized I was severely struggling with eating. I was constantly making excuses as to why not to eat skipping meals with my friends, and sometimes I even had difficulty just getting out of bed in the morning. And all of that obviously was a part of my mental health, but this not eating had really started playing on my physical health. And so I was getting headaches and getting really nauseous and really sick. Even just walking around had become a chore for me. And the hardest part of this whole time of my life was that no one really knew, except those who were really close to me seeing me all the time. I would go to class, and my professors would just treat me like normal, look at me as if I was just any other student. Though on the inside, I knew that I was shedding pounds, shedding parts of my life off, and just ultimately feeling like a walking zombie. It was hard because I was a really high achiever. I was really good in classes and never let my grades fall. And that was really great. But in some functional aspects, this perfectionism became my silent killer. 
At this point of my life, I never really got help. And I don't know why. Um, perhaps it's because I didn't really know how or I didn't feel like I was fit enough for it, whatever that may mean. And honestly, at that point in 2017, I didn't feel like mental health was a large part of the conversation. Looking back, I can't really remember anyone encouraging me to go to therapy or even anyone around me that I knew was going to therapy, which looking back at it now, it's kind of silly knowing that there were probably tons of people around me who were going to therapy, um, but it just wasn't a conversation. And so no one really pushed me towards it. No one told me that I needed to get help, um, which I definitely did at that point. So I just didn't. And eventually come the spring semester, I kind of started to pick myself up a little bit. And the next two years, I would say I was a broken edition of stable, as I like to call it. I would go through periods of low eating or periods of high anxiety, but still be able to be fine. And sometimes it would last a week or a month or even just a day. And so it wasn't like I was constantly breaking down all the time. And so that kind of just became the new normal for me. Up until my junior year of college, which was 2019, and that is when I really hit my lowest of lows. Right before my junior year, I had spent my summer at a mission camp, which is a place that I love dearly. It's very important to me, called Mountaintop. And it was pretty hard on me coming back. I think that was kind of like the start of that like large part of anxiety. It was just kind of returning back to normal. I'd kind of gone through some friend changes, so going back to school was pretty stressful for me. And who knows what ultimately caused this period of my life. I think it was probably a lot of things, but all I know is that it was filled with a lot of tears, a lot of shedding pounds, and really a lack of hope. I realized at that point in my life, at that semester, that I needed to get professional help or I didn't think that I was going to make it. So I started seeing a psychiatrist and a therapist, and I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and anorexia. And ultimately, that whole semester, I spent a lot of time driving back and forth from my hometown to school, going to doctor's appointments. It was kind of nice. I had Fridays off on that semester. Thank goodness. It was kind of a blessing in disguise. So on my Fridays, I would drive back to Dubuque, which is where I'm from, and I would spend my whole days visiting multiple doctors, going to see different people, getting checked up on my health. And you would think that going through all of this was helping me get better, but it really wasn't. Um, and to be frank, I was actually getting a lot worse, drastically worse, very, very fast. There were a lot of ways in which I wasn't sure if I wanted to get better, if I wanted to actually work through this. And I know that sounds really crazy considering my health was really like destroying my life. Um, I didn't hang out with friends really anymore. My sleep schedule was really off. I was severely malnourished. I was really just sick. But in some crazy ways, I felt like the mental health struggles that I had were a part of my identity. I felt like they were who I was. And I was afraid that getting rid of those things, getting rid of my eating disorder, getting rid of anxiety, that would change who I was. And I didn't know that that new person would be better than who people saw me to be. And so I was extremely fearful that people wouldn't like me anymore, that I wouldn't like myself or that ultimately the person that I would be, healthy, would not be good enough. I was in this horrible position where I was letting my mental health define who I was. 
But if you're listening, I'm here to tell you that your mental health battles do not define you. Mine have made me stronger, definitely, shaped who I am in certain ways, but do not become me. I am Haley. I'm not anxiety or anorexia. I am not an illness. I am brave. And that's what helped me to take the necessary step to get help and go to the next level, which for me was to apply for an inpatient center for eating disorders. My health was way off the deep end and I needed severe help. And so that is exactly what I did, actually. At 20 years old, I suddenly found myself in a psych ward at the University of Iowa in an inpatient center for eating disorders, finishing up my junior semester remotely, fighting for my life. It was there that I saw that mental health looks different for everyone and that so many people from all walks of life struggled as well. And honestly, I didn't really feel alone. There really is not enough time in this world to describe all the things that happened to me while I was there, but it's important that you know that leaving that program was really, really hard. I was more stable, I was stronger, I was eating healthier, but to glamorize that process of recovery would be really wrong. I'm a much different person than I was. I make healthier choices. I can control my anxiety a little bit more naturally now, but every day holds its battles. And now, in 2021, I can still say that some days are a lot harder than others. Some days I have to make conscious efforts to try to take care of myself, whereas other days it can come a little bit easier. Though all of this has happened, and I know that there's probably still more to come, I can say that I am so proud of who I am, flaws and all. I feel confident and ultimately know that being healthy is what I deserve. And so do all of you. And that is my story. And this is How Do You Feel? Today is just a snapshot of some of the stories that will be shared and hopefully insight into why I feel so passionate about creating a space for people to be authentically themselves. Before we wrap up, a goal of mine is to share a resource for each podcast episode that can be helpful if you or someone you know can be assisted with mental health. In our episode notes, I'm also going to include some educational resources But today I want to share an app I recently heard about and have been using, and I think it is super helpful. It's an app called Not Okay, and essentially on your app store, it should appear like a red speech bubble. This app enables you to establish safe contacts and will automatically send those people a message when you press the panic button for support. I know from personal experience that having depression or anxiety can limit a person's feeling to ask for help. And making it this easy could really save a lot of people. I find myself often getting really worked up at things or kind of just getting in a rut that I just can't seem to get myself out of. And it can be really hard for me to reach out to people that I know will support me. Um, But it's kind of hard to take that next step, take that initiative to ask for help and kind of fear of what will happen. And this app kind of eliminates my fear. It's really easy. You can establish a message right from the beginning that we'll send to your contacts. So I can tell my friends, my, my parents, um, even just like safe people maybe at my job that I find are safe people to talk to and could easily help me when needed. 
It's kind of like help at the touch of a button on your phone, and it's a free resource, so definitely look into that. Thank you so much for joining, and keep checking back for further episodes with new guests. I'd like to wrap up this episode by a closing statement that I hope to repeat at the end of each episode, and that is, you are loved, your story is valid, and you are deserving of a healthy journey. Our next episode will host Chris Marple, a father and music educator who's going to talk to us about his journey of going back to school and what it was like going back into that student perspective. Thank you for joining on How Do You Feel?